0: Take all that money we, we, spend, money we spend, on spend on weapons and defense, defense each year, instead, instead spend, spend it feeding clothing and educating, educating the poor of the, the world, world, which it would many times over, not one human being excluded, we can explore, explore space. space together, together. both, both inner, inner and outer, and outer. Forever. forever in peace. Thank you very much. You. You've been great. I hope you enjoy hope it. it. London, you're fantastic. fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much.
1: Look at a flower. Have you ever looked at a flower? Oh, you have looked at it, given it a name, and passed it by. You say how beautiful Let me smell it may smell. All these are destructive actions which prevent you from looking at that
2: flower. The speaker is Krishnamurti, one of the more challenging and creative men of our time. During the past four decades, the writings and talks of Krishnamurti have attracted an increasing audience in Europe, Asia, and America. This series represents the first time that Krishnamurti has allowed his talks to be filmed. In this second of eight programs, filmed principally in the Ojai Valley in California, Krishnamurti, in public talks and in informal conversations, speaks directly to the fundamental problems of today. In particular, he speaks of the problem of change and suggests that the real problem is not changing society, but changing ourselves
1: and
3: go
1: to various forms of entertainment, including churches, but it has no meaning. Is it possible to empty the mind of the no One must have asked this question vaguely or with With a purpose, because one suffers, one has anxieties. Whether it's possible to go beyond, or uh, one has vague hints of it. Now we are asking it. We are, we are asking it as a, as a question which must be answered, as a challenge which must be responded. And this challenge is not an outward challenge, but a psychological, inward challenge. And we are going to find out whether it is possible to empty the mind of the known. Look at that oak tree. Actually look at it. You are the observer, and the oak is the observed. There is a space between you and the thing, which is the tree. In that interval of space is time. Right? The time that has to be covered to see that's the object. In that interval of space, there are all kinds of ideas which actually prevents me from seeing the fact of that tree. When you no longer name, no longer fu- thought functioning as knowledge about that tree, then is there a space between you and the tree then if you go into it very deeply and observe all this then the observer is the observer which is not the observer identifies himself with the tree observer is the image uh, which has been created he's the the sensor uh, the the entity that judges compares uh, all that now and then he looks at the object either the tree or his own experience or his his relationship with somebody, another. So the observer is the image looking at the the image which he has created about the other. So the relationship between the observer and the observed is not a relationship. It's two images looking at each other. If the observer has, when the observer has no image at all, which is quite a tremendous uh, problem, inquiry, which is meditation all that, then the observer is the observed. What is, is the observer. Not the observer is looking at what is. When the observer is the observed and the observer has always acted as though the observed is something different from himself, then he could act. But when he realizes that the observer is the observed, all action ceases on his part. And therefore all effort. and therefore there is no fear at all. This requires a great deal of inward enquiry, inward observation, step by step without coming to any conclusion. If you see something very clearly, as we just now saw, what freedom implied, and when, it's, when the mind is only free, that you can see the total. Tot- mm-hmm. When you see that clearly, there is no choice. It's only the confused mind that chooses. Awareness takes place only when there is no choice, or when you are aware of all the conflicting choices, conflicting desires, the strains, just to observe all this movement of contradiction. And knowing that the observer is the observed. And therefore, in that process there is no choice at all but only watching what is. And that that awareness brings a quality of attention, in which there is neither the observer nor the observed. When you really attend, completely attend, Like when you are now, if you are really listening, there is neither the listener nor the speaker. And that state of attention brings about an extraordinary sense of freshness, quality of ah, newness to the mind, and this emptying of the mind. With all the experiences that it has had, is the is meditation. If you observe very closely, and that's one of the most arduous things, and that doesn't need effort at all. Just to sit, of an afternoon, whenever you have time and leisure, to look at it, to look at a flower, to look at yourself, to look at all the movement of your thought and your feelings and your reactions. Just to observe without any choice, which is the beginning of self-knowing.
4: The kind of caterpillar to butterfly metamorphosis inside the chrysalis it's not a caterpillar or a butterfly it's goo right and that goo phase that liminal phase um the caterpillar is actually dying right because the caterpillar doesn't just lose weight and grow wings if you look at it the the caterpillar has a genetic code to go gather parts right to gather minerals and amino acids and sugars that are going to then be reassembled into a butterfly if the if we were just looking at the caterpillar and we didn't know it was going to butterfly and we were looking at it's getting bigger and it's eating everything and it's not pollinating anything, we would predict that it eats itself into extinction. Except at a certain point it gets rich enough blood chemistry that it triggers this movement into the chrysalis, it starts to dissolve, it gets reorganized at a you know amino acid level into something that now pollinates the plants that the caterpillar decimated across these vast spaces and helps the evolution of the whole system. The butterfly phase could not have been predicted. the caterpillar phase. Um, And so if we look at capitalism and the military industrial complex and all those systems as gathering parts, right, very much like the caterpillar was, net consumption, very much like a fetus is in utero. The fetus couldn't go past 40 weeks, 50, 60, it dies and the mom dies. But it also couldn't come out much earlier because it wasn't ready to make a phase shift. It comes out when it first can. It has finally evolved to the place that it can actually do breast milk rather than get food from the umbilical cord directly, but it also comes out when it has to. There's a fairly narrow window of transition. The same is true for an animal developing inside of an eggshell, right? There's a finite amount of resources, and when it runs out, it has to emerge, but that's also the first time that it can emerge, that its system can handle the transition. So we see in nature this kind of precedent that these discrete nonlinear phase shifts because there's a curve of in utero and then there's a shift and then there's a curve outside but that discrete phase shift to come through the birth canal is different than either the phase before or after
2: what's up everybody welcome back to actual i podcast let me introduce those voices you heard there at the beginning So the first clip was of the late great comedian Bill Hicks during his last live performance for his special Revelations, filmed at the Dominion Theatre in London in 1992. And the next audio clip there was from a series of talks titled The Real Revolution, with speaker Jiddu Krishnamurti. This was the first time he allowed his talks to be filmed, and is from part one of an eight-part program titled The Real Revolution, which you can find on YouTube. That was filmed back in 1966. And then finally, we have a much more recent conversation between Daniel Schmartenberger and David Fuller of Rebel Wisdom. And in this discussion, in this episode titled Phase Shift for Humanity, Daniel there was speaking specifically of the phase shift potential for humanity in this moment, in this time that we are in, using the caterpillar to butterfly analogy. So, we'll get to that a little bit. First, I also wanted to mention Daniel is a founding member of the Consilience Project, aimed at improving public sense making and dialogue. You can find out more at civilizationemerging.com. And I also want to thank my buddy John, the artist Astral Pilot, for sharing this track, Swaying Lights, for this episode. Thank you so much, John. And now, let's look back on kind of where we've come so far here, uh, or at least kind of pick up where we left off from the last episode, kind of paint a picture of an idea, a potential direction and avenue that we may launch ourselves into. In our previous episode we considered how we may catalyze the change within that enables us to become active agents in the world and perhaps help change the trajectory we are on. We spoke of how For hundreds of thousands of years, we humans have been able to skirt the precipice and become ever more social, cooperative, and creative beings, which has allowed us to become more industrious together. And we excel when we come together. So we must, now more than ever, help catalyze that process of reunification, we've considered all that we have at our advantage, the fact that we are now this global interconnected species, interacting and interrelating, a part of a global society that just may, if we are courageous and persistent, become more united in common cause. Then we are presently divided. We spoke of the slim hope and this narrow window, the portal through which we may dive through to bring about a more hopeful future. We considered how multiple concurrent crises face humanity, and further breakdown is guaranteed if we do not cease this tragic downward spiral. Which is why we are here today to consider the counter move to the tragic downward spiral, a great leap upward that begins within each one of us. Together, we may heal within and be our highest, most authentic, honest, loving, true self, the selfless self that runs through all life, that cultures as diverse and far away from one another in space as they are in time have all recognized throughout history as the supreme, unifying source Together, we may create the new movements, technologies, and systems that allow a more loving, wise, and sustainable world to be born. So let us continue this work, coming to peace within ourselves, that we may naturally share this peace with the wider world, as we noted the awakening human is a profound expression of the universe coming not only into self-awareness but into the power of the love that engenders creation the love that all creativity is impossible without the love that has survived us through Previous epics, perhaps as seemingly hopeless and dire as this moment in time that we find ourselves in. So let us remember always we are part of this one thing unfurling itself out, we call it existence. We call this dwelling, this dimension, a universe, and we are here in what we have called the Milky Way Galaxy, full of hundreds of billions of stars in a universe, such as we call it, filled of galaxies, more galaxies than stars in any one galaxy. Here we are on this little planet suspended out in all that empty space. And what a beautiful place it is. And what are we doing with it? And what are we doing with each other? We sure do have the reflection now. A wide view so many of our eyes upon what is happening and our hearts and guts wrenching at the sorrow and the madness and the anger and the destruction and the othering that is going on the separating, the dividing, the breaking part in our minds how we see each other Dressing each other in low-resolution, generalized images, labels, that do not honor the depths of any one individual. For the individual springs out of the infinite, and the individual is rooted in the indivisible nature, The interconnected web of being that runs through all things that we call existence. We are born out of this earth, warmed by the sun, the life that grows out from it, that we become by, through, are, and exist as We are in this together. All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break here to thank our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Together, we may create the new movements, technologies, and systems that allow a more loving, wise, and sustainable world to be born. So, let us continue this work. coming to peace within ourselves, that we may naturally share this peace with the wider world. Let us remember always, hope is not some trifling thing we hang on to in our minds to settle our anxieties about the future with. Hope is something to be generated through our actions Activated And brought into being By our love Of this creation Our love Of our relations To honor and express our gratitude For one another In this existence And so we closed our last installment In this age series Speaking of Bill Hicks And I felt appropriate to begin again with, with that clip of Phil there, it was also necessary since I accidentally recorded over the episode. So, <laughs> you know, I was making clips for episode 33, and totally somehow managed to delete or record over, and I did. I'm not sure what happened, but it's gone. So I'm re-recording it now, and I've given everybody plenty of time to catch up on the show, I guess. I'm glad you all are still here listening. Whoever has returned, thank you so much. And I hope that you find this one particularly helpful. I've been able to take the time to rethink it a little bit. And, yeah, so, here we go. Bill Hicks, In the eyes of fear, and the eyes of love, Krishna Krishnamurti speaking to us about the observer and the observed how we think ourselves separate and we see ourselves as images and we see others as images that we've created of them from our past experiences and our thoughts and uh, conditioning and uh, judgments uh, that we derive from our conditioning and again as experiences and thoughts and uh You know, we build these kind of caricatures of ourselves and others. And we uh, kind of lose track of who somebody might actually be in the moment. Or uh, who somebody truly is in that moment. We are these amorphous, ever-changing, infinitely deep beings. So the observer and the observed. There, Krishnamurti speaks of choiceless awareness. that one may come to and it reminds me of becoming able to respond adequately to the moment to the challenges we face together now we are urged to think and see on a global level and you know, isn't it Amazing that we also have that capacity now to do so in some uh, some amazing ways. Our technology has allowed us to connect the entire globe, and can learn, and can share. And what are we going to share now? Imagine if we had a god-sized telescope. Like, the greatest, best telescope. So you could go all the way back to the beginning, or like the edge of the universe. Let's not say beginning. Let's, well, we could do beginning too. We could do that. Why not? We have the imagination. We have the power. So yeah, let's uh, create this scenario in our minds for a moment. Imagine a God-sized telescope. And seeing ourselves all the way back from the edge of the universe and then zooming in on this little planet and seeing all these little beings caught up in this insane division while suspended on this fragile, beautiful little miracle floating out there in endless space. Also imagine how much you you would love it and everything that you had created with a very special kind of love You know, God-sized love, I mean, it would be the kind of thing that created the kind of love that we feel, that parents feel for their children, that we feel for our families and our friends and our loved ones. Imagine the depth of relationship it would have with every grain of existence. Eyes of fear and eyes of love. So it is one of those times in which we must be courageous in our love to face the dark times that inevitably come that are here right now for many in our world, so divided and distraught. Discontented, upset, other adjectives that begin with D instead of U, like upset, because we were on a roll there. But aren't we in a conundrum? We're in this situation where we, as humanity, uh, really do face ourselves just driving right off the cliff you know what is that existence going to be for us after who knows how much we'll destroy on our way down (laughs) yeah well we've exhausted the environment of so much of the uh, easily uh, accessible coal and oil that anything that comes after us isn't going to have a good chance so that's not fair we should protect the life on this planet and we should be journeying out into space and exploring and finding other places to draw minerals from and set up this beautiful planet with so much life there's a lot of rocks out there we'll be fine we just gotta stop fighting long enough to get to where we have to stop robbing this planet of its life source and each other of our life source, and ourselves of our life source. What are we doing here now, chasing materialistic gratification, physical, lusts, sugars, sodas, salts, to excess. Anything to excess that makes us feel better. We all have our favorite flavors. Why are we lying to ourselves? Isn't it time? We live up to what Tupac called us to do. Change the way we eat. Change the way we live and change the way we treat each other. If we are truly aware of the situation we find ourselves in, just as one would be if they were in their village and then it became surrounded by wolves or some other enemy, uh, some other danger was encroaching, Perhaps a fire or a flood. We've survived many. Would we be aware enough to notice it in time and to act responsibly? And then would we be able to work together well enough to construct a new world? Not of the making of those driven by greed those who see through eyes of fear and lack and hoard more than they need there's nothing wrong with success and even generating abundance in a positive constructive way that does not take more than it receives one would hope One would hope that would be a driving factor in our inner moral systems nowadays, but we have been lost for some time now. We've been adrift at sea, going over waves and into the valleys between, and we've seen our shadows and not known how to protect ourselves. We have forgotten how to pray. We have forgotten the true
3: actuality of
2: Christ, Buddha. among us are ready to even live as though God exists. For in the most honest and real yet the most mercifully loving way So we may consider, if Daniel's correct, that we are in a phase shift, and we do now have the capacity to reflect on the damage, the violence we have done to ourselves, and the earth and the water of this planet. We have this narrow window, but also for the first time, we can shift. We can shift, because we can now see collectively the danger, the damage, the depths of the reasons for not committing them anymore. Enough of us need to shift to share a new way. To share a new way with the world. It's the first time that we have had the capability the technology and the energy we have this narrow window and isn't it a beautiful story to be a part of what a beautiful climax in this chapter of humanity what an exciting time to be alive and to love and to live fully dive headfirst in, while you still can so we face this precipice and bear our hearts for all the hope we have and may we inspire an honest looking without jumping to blame or certainty as to why or whose fault outside of us, anyone else. Let's forget about the hacking of limbs. Get to the root of this matter. There is only one way out of this and that is, for those of us ready, To take the world for what it is, and love and work for it, even if that means we become as anchors in these stormy seas, and mediate between the rallying storms, all aspects of our shared being, antagonized and driven against one another, require our help to maintain what balance we can, pull them back home. so that we can go through this phase shift from the world we've known to the world that now becomes. So for those of us who are brave and ready to stand between the opposing tribes, call for all to come back home even as it so often means that we may be condemned by one or another side here we choose to take on the responsibility of caretakers of this world we choose to be loving stewards and active agents of earth and life and love itself may we become so clear in our sight in our love and our purpose, that we are shining forth that light of the infinite potential within us all. In every moment, may it be effortlessly shown and spoken without words, but from our eyes and from our hearts, and from the tone of any sound that may come from our mouths matters not what words are said, if the love is there and it is meant, here is home. Let us usher in a new age of enlightenment by realizing the truth of what we all already are, of what we really are. this by the direct experience of reality itself, seen clearly for what it is, the unmistakable experience of fluid oneness, the awareness of this moment. Stems from our oneness with all things that came before and now exist still as the ongoing movements of the atoms birthed in the furnaces of collapsing and exploding and collapsing and exploding stars. The unmistakable experience of fluid oneness with all things awaits all humans all life returns to this and this is our birthright becoming ever more as we deepen the ground of our awareness through our practice of loving rejoicing worshipping love It seems it would be helpful to get back down to the fundamentals, those things that are so simple that we all agree on, the basics. I can think of nothing more simple than the wisdom of love to allow us to remember what creative, caring, conscientious, responsible, careful beings we can be. Careful, and that we can be full of care in our movements, in our ways, in our creations, in our interactions with this world and each other. Consider it, and that we are deeply considering different interactions, many potential outcomes, open to new ideas, willing and interested in finding out where we may be holding assumptions. Taking in partial information. Finding where our preferred biases and opinions are disallowing us. From finding what is most right for one and all together as a shared endeavor. Truly attending to the matter at hand. Then we are in choiceless awareness. We are in the flow. We are one with existence. We are in the optimal state for the human being and the human species to maximize long-term survival, perhaps spread out into space and save this planet by ceasing, to draw from her faster than she can return and regrow, shouldn't she be more bountiful for those that come after us? So how do we get back to that core, or that root? of those most essential values that we can all agree on that unify us if we can tap back into our natural curiosity I believe we may carry forward that innate sense of wonder that we are all all born with I believe we can regain what we've lost and then some So goes the hope. May this hope become our action, and we successfully phase-shift humanity. And if not, hey, it's just a ride. May we see through eyes of love anyway, and may we give it our all, come what may, because it's the right thing to do, because we are able and can respond. And lives come after us. Responsible for. Lives we are responsible for. Let us see this whole earth and all of its children. All of its life as our family and our home. Truly, we must become acutely aware of the miracle we dwell within. And care for it as such until then we are not a mature truly civilized species look at us so this is the burden and the honor this is the freedom, this is the truth this is the path that once we find ourselves engaged in by surrendering to what actually is here and now, the purpose of existence that seeks to flow through us, each of us individually in our own unique ways. Our gifts may be shown, our gifts may be shared, and all that we are, and all that we hope for, may be magnified by how much we care. We may express our love in one voice one day together and our hopes and our dreams. This is our radical Real, true, revolution. This is our reset. Reawakening. Rebirth. So rise up now, phoenix light. We need something simple we can all agree on. And previously, we have considered what is that one thing we all love the most? What is it but love itself? The pure experience of being in a state of love is what we're looking at now, tuning into the very experience, minus the mind's description and stories of love, but the raw feeling of love, having love, feeling love itself. Notice how full of wonder this experience is. The freedom of being and sense of abiding peace that comes through having love without condition is what the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King called the supreme unifying principle of life love is somehow the key that unlocks the door which leads to ultimate reality we can tap back into our natural curiosity for life and love and joyfulness for experience itself i believe we may just regain what we've lost for truly as we have outgrown the old religious institutions interpretations of how one may commune with the divine source of all existence we may now discover the value of inquiring into this great mystery and sharing communion with that which transcends our egoic minds.
3: We may do this ourselves and
2: we may find a teacher, a guru, a way to be in worship to kiss the earth with our feet As that not hot when set. Why did we ever cease being in that ongoing state of wonder? This one may find this is the easiest safest, most secure, thoughtful, wise, patient, considerate, resolute, healing, regenerating, awakening, widening, and wisening, inspiring new creations, mode of being, that humans are capable of, and perhaps most inspiring of all, we have found no cap to this potential. We know what happens when we fragment and fall apart and turn against one another. What happens when we unite in one endeavor to save the planet and make it at least a bit more peaceful for the next generations? And we do so without force of violence. There is no need to solve our problems with hatred anymore. As a people, as a species, as tribes, as collectives, as groups, as nations, and federations, and republics, and whatever, whatever we want to call ourselves, it's time we grow forth together to decrease the violence so much as is possible and question every false line we've drawn in our minds. May we complete this phase shift. Now for some poetry. All of these poems are actually uh, also posts from my personal Instagram, which, if you're interested in following, is on Instagram at Christopher.K-I-N-L-E-Y. And you can follow the podcast as well, of course, at Instagram.com forward slash... Actual I, that's A C T U A L I dot podcast on Instagram as well as on Facebook, where there's all kinds of content that doesn't even make it onto the gram. Uh, I'm gonna get the YouTube up and running here as soon as I have time to upload all of these episodes, but in the meantime, you guys can always listen on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Pocket Cast. All of the podcast apps, including Anchor.fm, where you can subscribe to the show and even call in and leave your own comments and questions, which I can include in additional segments and attach them to the episodes, which is really cool. So if you guys are ever interested, feel free to take advantage of that feature of Anchor. Anchor is home to some of the best podcasts in the world, and it also allows you to create your own podcast if you are interested, and it's actually a very uh, intuitive way to do so. So I encourage you guys to check it out. All right, so poetry time. These poems go all the way back to 2019. This is pre-Rona poetry. This one, in fact is from October 31st, Halloween Eve. It's called Paradise Disguised as Concrete. For a moment, under the autumn rain, watery reflections of street lamps on sidewalks and pavement Set aglow the ground The night has its own current This can only add to it The soft shimmer of rain The heavy drips from leaves and eaves The sounds of cars and trucks on wet roads Of those still alive this time of night All of these are part of night now speaking of what gives space its stillness as they play their parts upon this moment. All of these highlight the silence, the low murmur of conversations with the drone of the highway on the horizon. And I, this strange upright earth denizen, Hunched over his photo phone, capturing moments to describe them and send them back out into space as though to prove that moments still exist. It feels like we're starving to know right now what is real, what is sturdy and reliable, true and good and here and now. We do everything we can to get close to this moment, yet everything we do is a distraction from it. Real moments where life makes sense, when joy is electric and where we can experience a deep contentment. It often feels we're scrambling for something to take us away from it all. Yet the things that work the best Seem to be those things that help us get back in it. Music, films, comedy, art, literature, poetry. Is it any wonder then that the key to fulfillment has always been right where we would need it in the here and now, always here within our hearts? constant and unfolding before our sight and interpretations of mine the clear light of awareness awaits our melting. today we are sharing and sharing and sharing so much of ourselves our lives and our own unique experiences we are sharing moments by the billions our passion humor creativity at unprecedented rates what will we do with this potential so that was paradise disguised as concrete which is almost more of a blog post all of these go with their own photos that I like to write to sometimes I'll find a moment take a picture to note it, and write something to it, and post it, and share it. This piece is called In This Great Mysterium, written on November 4th, 2019. The spores have spoken, and the trees are breathing with us. The sky is open, seamless, and dressed with patterns in every direction. Though they cannot contain it, they can only speak to its infinity, sheer and limitless, and only hinting at its vast potential, its supreme emptiness, as it cradles galaxies and turns inside out for collapsing stars and remains ever open to all that exists and all that we are have you related with this mystery surely you can sense it in the buzzing of space that runs through everything in the stillness that all sounds speak from recall the taste of ever presence the sense that's always been this that cannot be forgotten do you remember we've been here before You told me all of this yourself, in those last movements, before we were born. That's a fun one. This next piece is called Forevermore. It was also written on November 4th. Ying Yang skies, blue and white, ever-changing, my inspiration. One must be numb to miss your dance with moon and sun, to miss your dance with eyes and light. Who has forgotten the mystery of all that came before? Have you lost your sight or lost your heart? I pray the world, may know you once again. And what is that you that I'm speaking of there? I pray the world may know you once again. One must be known to miss your dance with moon and sun, to miss your dance with eyes and light who has forgotten the mystery of all that came before. This presence, this sense of being that's always been here running through our lives is what I'm speaking of and this sense of the ineffable that transcends us. is there, endlessly available in the present moment. That is what that poem is, too. And in this great mysterium, where it begins, the spores have spoken and the trees are breathing with us. The sky is open, seamless, dressed with patterns in every direction. I was noticing the clouds and their patterns and how life was... Breathing with us as trees do, and how sheer and limitless the vast potential that sky hints at in supreme emptiness as it cradles galaxies, that all that infinite space. So, have you related with this mystery? Is the question in this poem, because surely you can sense it in the buzzing of space that runs through everything, in the stillness that all sounds speak from. Recall the taste of ever-presence and since. What's always been this that cannot be forgotten. Do you remember? Alright, so, here's another poem now. This is the hard way. Fog-draped morning. Overcast and gray. A train rolls near. Songbirds celebrate the day. I found you folding through me. A Thousand times, bestowing sight to weary eyes. You showed me you with tears, showed me the sweetest face, the taste of bliss upon our lips, the melding of galaxies in our embrace. Let's call it this section just bits of poems, because that is one right there. Okay, so this is a motive written on November 5th. Overcast, but for a moment, the gray that complements the glowing vibrance moves by in silence, yet exudes emotion. The gray sky... It was glowing really bright I remember this moment as overcast and the gray complimented the glowing vibrance and moved by in silence yet exuded emotion alright so here's another little bit of a poem also written on November 5th they are we and we are them the leaves, the tree The roots, the stem, and these lives that collide are intertwined in the end. That one actually was not written on November 5th. I did post that with a picture on November 5th, but I wrote that a long time ago. I know I've used it a a few times in different versions of that as well. It's fun. It's, It's life. It's what we are made of everything and everyone around us alright just a moment here while I take a sip of water Mm. alright this one doesn't have a title oh I can tell I was emotional when I wrote this interesting let's see where it goes Pre-Rona Poetry, still on November 5th here. Where has all the passion gone? Where are the courageous? Can they only be found after drinks are downed in places quite familiar? Nothing against this. Our celebrations are so much light amidst the darkness, and I'm so much the same as you that I can barely tell myself apart sometimes until I look up and recall the sky that everyone seems to have forgotten the thin mirage that lies between us and the infinite that belies the thousand new miracles a second that hides the endless space we travel through how it beckons our eyes and wells up with tears when we are overcast and driven by fear of It's as though the sky can shine through all our mentalization to read our hearts, hear our cries, and insist by way of its ephemeral beauty. Look now, you've always been integral. See how I mirror your vast potential? Without you, I am unknown, unspoken of, unloved, unessential. Yet by your sight, I am charged with significance. Your sensual nature to create and create your dreams, your visions, all of these make meaningful my all-pervasive emptiness. The great distances between us are not so distant anymore. Conversations with the Sky Well, that's all the poetry I have for tonight plenty more to share with you guys this podcast is long enough though and we will share more next episode look for conversations coming up as we enter a new era of Extra Life Podcast we'll continue doing our usual deep dives into the great mysteries of life and poetry, to bring us into the presence, guided meditations, and whatever else comes up, you know, we'll see what happens. I do hope you all are well, and if you'd like to connect via social, please do so. You can also subscribe on Anchor.fm. And contribute to the show there, if you like. Thank you guys so much. Talk to you soon. This has been Actual Eye Podcast.